Thanks for being in this zone right now. Hope you've got your speakers tuned in. Got the mid, got the mid-range setup dialed into the right frequency, which is I don't even know what that is. I've seen that thousands of times. I still haven't figured it out, but that's what we're here for. Okay, you figure it out. You tell me. This is live to tape, also known as live to tap, better known as the executive buffet, where you go to that beautiful buffet space. It's in an open atrium lobby at a downtown hotel in a in a major city not the biggest city not new york or la maybe not even chicago actually it's chicago it's in chicago okay guys it's in chicago it's a downtown hotel that's where the executive buffet is it's where it started it's where it's going to end thank you for being here this is also daddy's big red truck if you don't know that well now you do this is a it's a big red truck it's fucking wide as it is long it's a square it's a cube truck it's literally a cube, has a big open bed that's safe but comfortable, and Daddy drives it like a bat out of freaking hell, baby. Thanks for being here. Soak up your butter, drop it in the pan, make sure it's soft and ready to spread. Okay. Uh, this is the podcast. If you want to make an extra connection, it's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. Otherwise, you can email us at live to tape podcast at gmail.com. What else I got for you? Nothing else. I'm still working on that show, so I'm not really doing any live shows myself. So that's all been locked up and good and sweet. I'm doing some. I'm doing little, little things here and there when I have time, but basically I can't really get anything other can't really get into anything other than the thing I'm into right now, which you don't really know. I haven't really. Yeah, you get it. This podcast is a great, great, wonderful episode. This is a new friend of mine. I tell you what I love. I love making a new friend. I really do. It's outstanding. This man is so, so hilarious. Like, truly, just, I love his comedy. So great. We had a wonderful discussion. You're going to love him, because I do. Here he is. Right. Right. Sometimes I think headphones are actually bad. Yeah, because you're Cause almost you're too aware of your too own. Too aware, but sometimes I think it's good. Those headphones in particular... Those are really good for some reason because the way they make you sound so good. Yeah. You sound like you're a badass. (laughs) (laughs) To yourself. Yeah, to yourself. I think it's because you can actually hear your real voice as well as what's being, instead of just the recording. Oh, right, yeah. Which, you know, when you hear yourself on like a... Recording, like, oh my God, I sound like the, uh, I sound like I should be an accountant or something. Yes, yeah, there's some kind of like uh, twang to it or tinseliness that maybe Uh might not be there. You don't hear the bass. In my case, I hear there's no bass. It's like almost zero bass. Just crack it. Do a loud crack. Nice. I'm really hoping all the sounds, the honking. You hope they live there. 
I hope that just the insane cacophony shows up on the recording. I think it will. Sometimes I'm up here and I think like, what what could possibly be happening down there? <laughs> like, is someone? Are there are multiple people just dying in the streets. Yeah, it's such a ruckus, such an absolute ruckus. Also, a very weird culture of like living thirty floors above everybody else. Like, uh-huh. I think you get to a place of New Yorking where now, if you're on the fortieth floor, like you're better than floor thirty-three. Oh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. The only thing I like about it is occasionally you can kind of see people in the other buildings. Kind of, uh, you can't make out what they're doing, but you can kind of see them moving around in their little pods. You know? Yeah, that is kind I of enjoy that. Right, because it's all it's like seeing people living on top of each other just bankers eating uh-huh. eggs <laughs> right <laughs> i definitely should buy some expensive binoculars right i should really lean in yeah people up here like a binocular guy they do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone's really hip to a, a cool binocular guy who lives 30 floors above everybody yeah. else hey i'm a binocular guy Dude, did you hear about there? You know, Millionaire's Row on um, like Central Park. Um, like, I guess it sounds familiar. It's, it's like basically a, just like a I series I, of these kinds of buildings. Yeah, and but they're older, right? They're nicer, older brick. Uh, no, well, some of them are new, so they're building okay. like new ones. So one of them they built so high that the elevator, like it, it, they built it so high that it is faulty, like, oh, it, it, like structurally. Leans? Yeah, so it like floods, um, like the elevator shaft, like the friggin uh, rope that use is used it's like whacking around in the elevator shaft and uh so people in that building are like so uh unhappy and it makes me very thrilled yes that they yes. have so many problems because they like yeah anytime something like that happens it's very karmic it's also insane to think that if i'm just 50 floors above everyone i'll be happy i feel the opposite way this is the first time in my life i've ever been this far from the ground i have this ritual every day i wake up when i live i go outside in the backyard and i walk around bare feet yeah and instantly the first thing i do is go outside i don't care if it's fucking freezing out i go outside i just like to go outside to remind myself are you in the grass when you're barefoot specifically i like to go on these little they have these rocks like a bunch of pebbles they do say and i by they i think i mean hippies but they they, it is said that uh when you walk barefoot on grass it like wakes you up yeah because you're like being walking barefoot and at all any kind of barefoot that's why i do it because it wakes you up because you have so many nerve endings in your feet it just tells them like it just gives you all this information right away. Yeah. So it kind of... And connects it, you to something yeah. else that's alive. That's how I feel about uh, sitting behind a waterfall. You know how, like, that little Oh, space, my God. That's the best place to be, in my opinion. Sitting behind a waterfall is such a rarefied, incredible experience. It's so nice. Because, I mean, if you think about it, that water powers factories in some cases, right? Yeah. So if you're just sitting next to it, <laughs> you're just, like, next to an orb of, like, energy. Like, I feel supercharged when I'm back there. When's dude. the last time you were behind a waterfall? Truly, like, ten days ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ryan Donahue! <laughs> yeah. I'm a waterfall boy. I was in... Uh, that was the intro. It was Costa Rica, uh, and I was behind a waterfall, and I was just sitting back there. I was getting all hyped up, man, because I could just, like, kind of see, like, through it uh-huh. a little bit, and I, ha- I was like, I'm going to have this action hero moment where I jump through the waterfall. You know, like yeah. it's a pane of glass and I'm saving a woman or something. And uh, I just jumped into the waterfall and it threw me down oh, and like so kept me heavy. underwater. Yeah, it completely kicked my ass. But how did you get ass. into the waterfall first? I went around it. Oh, this is a big waterfall. On the side. Yeah, it was big, yeah. Uh, but was every it hot waterf- or cold? Was the water cold? Uh, it was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It was, uh, it was like water from a hot springs, but I, it was oh, in a place God. where it was cool. Yeah. Dude. Why'd you go to Costa Rica? 
Just to I live, mean, obviously, just to live in the jungle for a minute. How long have you been planning that? Um, it came about like five months ago, and I went there with my with my family. It was like my cousins and my right. aunt and uncle and my a bunch mom. of Irish people. Yes, truly. A bunch of Donnies. Yeah, a bunch of Donnie. Yeah, like the O'Doyles. A bunch and of a bunch of white, a bunch of pasties out there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and we were like in the cut too. We were like not in a touristy place, okay. so it took like an hour to drive anywhere. Our nice. Our driveway was so steep, like you needed a four-wheel drive vehicle in order to, you know, and spider monkeys were just hanging out at the Airbnb. Stealing your shit? No, the, they don't steal. The, they don't? Uh, the I think they're just social. Well, at okay. least these ones, they had babies, so maybe they didn't want to. I mean, if you had something worth stealing, they would they would steal it, right? I think if we had a bunch of shiny small things, they might come down. Yeah, like some, sk- like some Skittles? <laughs> yeah. They are known to steal the. There's like this white-faced. Uh, I forgot the species. Oh, cappuccino? Is that it? Maybe, oh. but they they go to the beaches and they will rob you and you know yeah. they go and they're foraging in the trash. I saw a monkey on a jungle gym by the beach. I was mm-hmm. like, this is a jungle gym, like for kids. Yeah, yeah. There was a monkey on the monkey bars. Uh, that's what I was said. I said if that monkey goes on the monkey bars, I'm gonna shoot myself. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking a perfect yeah. moment. God, so it was great. It was great. Everyone yeah, the jungle, Costa Rica. dude. The jungle is the most inspiring place that I can think of, specifically for the reason of like when you go outside and you go, you're barefoot. It's like so much life. Oh yeah. You know, like a leaf becomes an ecosystem because every right. it's just the perfect conditions for growth. So it's like moss on a leaf and then plants growing out of that moss on a, you know, just endlessly. Yeah, it's so much. Uh, so much stuff going on. There's a lot of competition too. Yeah, but it all works together in a good way. You talking about symbiosis? Maybe. I mean, I don't know what that word I'm sorry, is. Sorry, are you referencing the circle of life? <laughs> I think so. There was one. The, I even saw a tree with another species of tree growing out of it, right? Like 15 feet up. And I asked why that was happening, and the tour guide was like, "Oh, probably because a monkey ate and shit a seed into oh, the right, tree because it's so fertile, it can just everything growing yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it grows in the air almost. Yeah. Oh. You wow, speak that Spanish? was nice. Uh, I I was picking it up and now I'm I'm making my bodega guys not talk to me in English because nice. I just want to keep it keep it alive. I, my brother went there and he told me how there's all these breweries there. I kept thinking that a course in life I would have taken if I didn't take the one I'm on right now would be to learn fan. I almost said learn Spanish fluently. <laughs> Which learn, f- learn sp- how did because that's not what I mean with spoonerism. Learn Spanish fluently. I was about to say learn Spanish fluently. What the fuck is that? Spanish fluently. Spanish fluently. That's a uh, a man thirty stories above New York City dreaming. Yeah. Spanish fluently, and then you go down there and you set up a fucking real classic craft brewery. Ooh. So you get all the tourists in there. You get all those people who are coming to be tourists, but you've got Spanish knowledge, so you can work with local local craftsmen and not get screwed up, not get bad deals, because you know you can. You can negotiate. You can communicate. Yeah. That'd be cool. You run a brewery, and you're like speaking Spanglish all the goddamn time, wearing tank tops. Right. And you're like, you don't have to yell sometimes about stuff. Yeah, and you're probably ripped just because you... Yes, you're ripped. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I got the tank top on. You're ripped. You're super tan. Got a crazy-ass necklace, and you may, may be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. But you've got like a but super young girlfriend who is uh, probably... Traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I was thinking I was thinking a local. No. But you're talking about like oh my god, like a like a Hannah or like a, oh, a yeah. Bijou. Someone with two a, first names, you know. Uh, like a like a Mary Ashley. Hannah because uh, there's no end in Mary sight. Ashley. Oh, this is my girlfriend, Mary Ashley. I was just, I really don't like these, like, wander lust white ladies. Oh, really? You don't? I, I'm not into that at all. Yeah. I find it so bizarre. 
that it's like, oh, I just need to go to Bali and just have a coffee and relax. Or it's whatever. different there. Yeah. It's different. It's different there. I'm just a different me when I'm in Nepal. Yeah. I'm like... I mean, that's the sort of thing where maybe it's different here, but it's that's so... Everywhere in Los Angeles, it's kind of like... I don't even think about it anymore. It's just those people are everywhere. Yeah. Well, I just find it to be like aimless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's like, I think I'm just going to go to the Netherlands and just... Chill. Chill for like six months. And yeah. And it's like, what are you doing there? You're going to, what are you going to read? You know? Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do there that you couldn't do here? Like, where, what, where is this going? I think that's the idea, right? I've definitely met a bunch of burners. Because I have a good friend who introduced me to a bunch of his friends who were uh, Burning Man people. And uh, they're all great. They're all really great. Some of them are a little bit on the line. Oh, of great. That. Of great, of being like, of being of that thing, a little bit on the line of that, that bullshit thing. But I did meet someone I worked on this um, project with who was a former, or, uh, I don't know. She just said some stuff that was like, I can't believe you're this, you're a real person. Yeah. The stuff you're saying. Like what, like. Just, just um, was pretty wealthy, I think. Of I think course. Married I mean. into a, some sort of family that lives in like Santa Rosa or some shit, which is like wine country. Oh. Um, had all these kind of like bracelets and just so much going on physically in terms of accoutrements and accessories. <laughs> right. On her body. Uh, yeah. And. Um, flair. Yeah, flair. Just the way she talked about stuff was sort of, I don't know. There's a certain thing where I think those type of people, they have to have the tiniest experience and they think it's huge. Uh-huh. It's that what's like, it's almost like a Dunning-Kruger effect thing. You know about that? No. It's that, I talk about it so much in the podcast, but it's the kind of thing where when you meet someone who says, um, yeah, I play guitar a little bit. That means they fucking shred. But someone who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at guitar. It's like, oh, so you just don't know what you don't know. Yes. And this was this lady was that way where she was very just... So deluded about the mm-hmm. ideas of, so you're setting up like like a special theater for people so they can express themselves. Like, <laughs> isn't that what? Th- yeah, that's what theater is. Like you're not, and all, like how she wanted to do it, but wasn't actually just classic, full of shit. Absolutely. And um, not whatever. It's just that person is, she doesn't know because she hasn't had to know. Hasn't had to. Hasn't been forced to learn. Yeah, I think there nothing. There are a few things more infuriating to me than like tasteless affluence. Yes, that's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. Like someone is like they have the means, but they're just and they're just buying expensive shit. Mm-hmm. But there's no real reason or taste or yeah. personality coming through. Yeah, that's I mean bad. it's kind of like. You know, oh. a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to burn whoever's apartment yeah, this is. I suppose it's yeah, it's but definitely it's yeah. Similar. Sorry, it's I didn't mean that about this guy. Assuming is he gonna listen? I don't know. I don't think so. Do you listen to the podcast? The people who stay in. I, I I can't imagine. Right. I, I can't even. If it happened, then um, well, it's just it's just a thing. It's just a thing. But uh, what do you call it when you? Turn and burn, baby. There is something funny about him listening to this 33 floors up and having mm-hmm. hurt feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Just something about being in the sky with your feelings hurt makes me laugh. We are, I mean, I, I think I would honestly find this more isolating than any place I've ever lived. Right. It's so isolating because you can see everything and uh, it takes, it's hard to get out. You don't, there's no like connection to your neighbors at all. 
Right, and that's the catch-22 of, like, New York. It's like you live in New York City because there's a lot of people here, but then the game becomes to be above them all and away from them. It seems like the opposite. Like, the ultimate... If I had anything, I would love to own a brownstone. Oh, of course. No, there's people who are cool here, but I do think the sky sky riser culture is... Sky people culture, you know? Sky people. Yeah. These freaking sky people. Like, I truly think there's probably some subset of people that, like, measure affluence by how long it's been since your feet have literally touched Earth. It's like I got a, a helipad from my sky riser to a high, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I think I would go crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they you'd have to be crazy to yeah. even want to, you know, be a bird. Like, what are you, what are you right. doing? I want to be on the ground because you grew up. You grew up in the East Coast, though, right? Yeah, I grew up in Boston. In no Boston? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. All right, yeah. Rhode, Rhode Island. Yeah, very small town called Foster Gloucester. Foster Gloucester. It's yeah. like a joke town. I know it is. Foster Foster Gloucester. Yeah, and they kind of play into the jokes too. Like they yeah. have like an Ancients and Horribles parade on Fourth of July. Ancients and Horribles. What is it? what happens then? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of floats that are like, you know. Like, the joke is that they're gay or something, you know? Really? Yeah, I mean, it's completely... Yeah, like, it'll be that uh, there was a Brokeback Mountain float or something. Everyone's oh, okay. like, ah, that's Ah, those gay guys stuff. are gay. <laughs> yeah. They were gay guys, but we liked them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, it's yeah, it's very much nothing uh, nothing doing there. Um, that was a tiny town? Tiny town. To combine two towns to make enough kids for a wow. school. Damn. Yeah. How long were you there for? 17 years. Damn. Not enough time to really have it But still, that's... No, I'm kidding. It's a long time. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because that, like, if you make it... I feel like that's the... If you go to high school someplace, that's where you grow up, and that's how you experience the world. So do you feel like... I feel this way. As much as I've lived in big cities and done lots of stuff, I'm always going to... I'm never going to be as cool as people who grew up in like a big city yeah never i, w- just, I would say that's true so you can never be older than someone older than you same way you can never i mean maybe maybe if some person had like a head injury and they moved to a small town and they just like loved limp biscuit and or something like that maybe i could catch up but basically you can never catch up yeah no it's uh yeah just with the that yeah, I feel like I'm always in two places at once because I will even look at New York things from the perspective of someone who's, you know, living right. in New England and like using salt to cure poison ivy <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, you know, my my family was always like, oh, put the salt water on it. Put It'll fix salt it. Water on. I would, maybe it was a everything. type of soap, right? It was called like Farns Knackle or some shit. I don't know about Farns Knackle. Some kind of a bar soap you'd get. They had at the Nature Center called like. I'm butchering the word, but something like Farns. In my memory, it's Farns Knackle soap. That sounds like a Michigan secret. <laughs> or Minnesota. Is that what yeah, you're Minnesota. I mean, same thing, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, you put the Farns Knackle, but salt water sounds p- cheaper and easier. Yeah. And also probably less effective. I didn't know this, but electrolytes, you know how you drink yeah. those to rehydrate? It's just salt, lemon, and water. That's all. You can make your own electrolytes. Yeah, I think it's all. It's not just salt. It's not just potassium oh, it's, chloride. It's some kind well, of calcium s- chloride is one. Sea potassium salt Potassium chloride. Well, sea salt is, you know. Salt. Salt, salt. Salt's yeah, calcium okay. chloride. Right. right? What about rock salt? No, sodium chloride is salt. God, if you're a chemist right now, you're just like fucking punching uh, a wall. <laughs> sodium chloride, NaCl, calcium chloride, and potassium chloride. Those are all salts. I'm way, you're way over my head. I don't understand science I'm at all. I'm electrolyte Oh, okay. I used to be addicted to Gatorade. Oh, really? Like literally 
was addicted. Like I couldn't, I would be thirsty unless I drank Gatorade. Really? Yeah, it was that's, just in college. It's bad. I mean, compared to a lot of what's happening now with like energy drinks and stuff, that's yeah. not that bad. Pretty tame, but it was inconvenient, and I did go through withdrawals. Wow. And now I cannot stand any sports drinks. Yeah, was it like the was it the sugar or the electrolytes? That was it's really the electrolytes. Uh, the sugar obviously sure helps. Helps. I hear that's more addictive than anything else. On I think Earth. it is. I think yeah. it probably is because I definitely. I've gone through. I've never been. And now there's a heroin addict punching the wall. Yeah. God fucking damn it! And there's a coke who's like killing everyone because he's <laughs> the maddest. He's like, Co- "It's coke, guys, guys, it's coke." Yeah. There's a smoker who's, "Hey, um, <laughs> what about me here? I've quit forty-five times." Yeah. I quit every fucking day. I quit. <laughs> I quit every hey, day. I quit every day. It's called the morning. <laughs> Cold I, going to bed. I, I quit. quit every day when I wake up, and then I quit every day when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quit food, I quit drinks, I go to bed, I wake up, I start again. Yeah, I quit it. I quit for, ta- for eight hours, I quit. I quit every day. One third of every day, I quit everything. I quit coffee. I'm a quitter. I quit, I quit every, for every third of a day, I quit. I quit Someone's so hard on themselves that they think of sleep as quitting. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to sleep, god damn it. Half, that's a good one. Half. Yeah, that's uh, Little Rhode Island, yeah. Shouldn't have to, shouldn't have, to, yeah, that's not New York, is it? Definitely, that siren was definitely on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. The low one, the whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Do you think they mean anything different? Uh, the low one they found out cuts through more. But I mean, like, is it a type of siren for a certain type of event? I feel like the low one, the whoop, 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 is when they're like, fucking, we, we got to move. Yeah. The right. Regular, just the, wow, it's just general, hey, please could you get out of the way? And the, Whoop, 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 whoop is this person's going to die or we have to kill this guy super fast. <laughs> Either way, someone's going to die. Yeah. Whether we do it or we stop it or we can't stop it or we can't do it. We can't do it. There's the air horns. You hear these little like, um, beep, beep. I don't know who that is. What do you mean? There's like a high pitched air horn you hear, air horn you'll hear. And it's definitely an aftermarket mod. That right there, that's a that's just a car horn. Well, it's a car horn, but you'll hear an air horn. It's a higher, uh, it's like a just dual tone, or at least, <coughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure I heard one on the street the other day, coming from a car, and I knew like, oh, this is definitely aftermarket. I know it's aftermarket. Mm. It feels very, yeah, it's aftermarket. Basically. There's something about having a custom horn in New York City that would be pretty dope. I think that's pretty common. It seems like from my my hot my uh. Viewpoint here. Do people use them in LA the way they use them in New York? Not even close. It's so obnoxious. In LA, sometimes there'll be something incredibly ridiculous happening, like the most bonehead shit you've ever seen, and nobody will honk, including me, because I know, well, I can't fix this. Right. So I'll just let the person make that left and block traffic. People won't honk. Yeah, I mean, it's I crazy. truly don't think it ever has anything to do with what's actually happening in traffic when people are, like, laying on their oh. horn. It's, like, everything to do with their life and nothing to do with what's yeah. the moment. It is so insane here that I have trouble walking around. Yeah. Because I get like, what the fuck? Are you honking at me? Yeah, I now scream. I'm like, oh, we love it. Thank you. I love it. You know, like, I'll really join the chaos because it's like you're doing something to me that now yeah. i just eat that horn and like go home with that in my body or i can yell it back at you and yeah, i'd rather give it right back to yeah, give it right back or i take my gun out and i just fire in the air and I go, yes yes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 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 
That's <laughs> yeah. But. I should get one at the party store. Oh get yeah. A honker. <laughs> Just for when people are in front of you on the mm-hmm. sidewalk. Oh, I'm a real New Yorker now. The sidewalk thing too is I just cannot. It is, it gets me because sometimes I think someone's coming up behind me, and I don't want to turn around and look at them. But also, I'm sometimes coming up behind somebody and they're going too slow. I don't want to pass because I feel like I'm not. I don't want to put it in the passing gear, but I also don't want to slow down so much that I'm walking in their footsteps. Right. It's just hell. Yeah. It's hell on you got to catch the wind drift and just you know curt the outside and then you know not cut them off but you can just let them know just a little look back what are you doing you oh, really yeah well, you ever do that <laughs> yeah, let them know you're like come on come on C- now come on, come on you call that walking you call you call that walking you call that fucking walking it's crazy how many different kinds of people live here too like I just went to this play, right? And like we we were late. It was like me and like ten people that were. Ten. All, I wasn't with them, but Damn. we were all late. So we're sitting outside because it was fucking raining and wind. Yeah. And so then like behind me there was one lady who was working there who was like checking in someone else and like a woman who was also wait were late. We're watching it on the TV because we can't go in yet, and she just turns around and just goes shh. And I'm like, are you shushing the woman who lives, like, who works here, who just sat you in this chair, and, like, because you were late? Like, it's just a wild amount of that going on here that is probably in L.A., too, on some level. Yeah, I think any big city. I mean, today I was driving back. I was being driven back from the studio, and a guy fully blew, casually blew the red light and was in front of the van, and he's just, like, there. And the driver was like, what are you doing? And the guy goes, fuck you. Fuck you. You pussy. You stupid fucking pussy. Fuck you. To you? To, to, to the driver. Okay. And it got tense, man. It got tense to where the point where the driver, I told him, like, you showed a lot of restraint there because a lot of people would have got out of the car and there would have been a fucking a fist fight. Or the guy would have fucking shot him. Probably. I know. Imagine that. The guy probably the- had a gun and would have shot him. Imagine if you're in the back of an Uber and, like, the guy gets out and, like, gets shot. Now you're just in his car and you're uh, like, oh. I know some guys that happened to. Really? Yeah, they got, uh, the driver got shot. I don't know if he got killed, but he definitely got shot because uh, it's, like, a gang thing. And they were in the back of the Uber and when a couple bullets went in there, man. They're both, one of the guys has since passed away. Um, one of the guys that was in the back. Yeah. This was a couple years ago, but one of these guys has since... No longer with us. Richard Bain, great comedian. And uh, although it was Alan Strickland Williams. It's a great, crazy story. Wow. Just like crazy fucking story. Did they just like get out and I walk? can't remember. It's one of those things where he, he made the podcast rounds after this and told the story. Oh, okay. It's, just, it's a great story. Dig that one up, folks. Mm-hmm. Dig it up. Dig it up. Alan Strickland Williams, probably like 2019. Hmm. Maybe on... Do you find... Because to go back to the thing of... Uh, how you can never quite be a full city kid, even though you're in yeah. the city. Like, do you find that you pull from, uh, you know, your Minnesota experience when you're like making stuff? Yeah, a hundred percent. That I feel that like, too. Totally. I think that's the the flip side of the same thing, where you're like, oh well, I have this other world to draw right. from. Because I don't. There's like a lot of stuff in the Midwest where I just don't give a fuck about stuff that people in the city or just people city people do care about. And it's the point where there's a lot of things I just don't even notice mm. where like they have an expectation of something that I just don't, I maybe just don't have. Yeah. I don't have the expectation expectation at all. Or 
I can't think of something specific, but there's a lot of things where I feel like emboldened because I had an upbringing in the Midwest. But also, I mean, there's definitely an aspect of reticence to promote. Yes. <laughs> That's a thing. It's yeah. very Midwestern. It's super hard to take any kind of... Uh, any kind of like compliment. grandstand, yeah, or like be like I'm selling myself, everyone, yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's that's tough. It feels like you have to basically make them, um, please, okay, okay, I will. They have to ask a lot. Yeah. Like sometimes I do the opposite, where I just sit down and be okay. I'm just gonna fucking like uh, maybe I'm drunk and I'm gonna do something I normally wouldn't do in terms of ask ask something instead of wait to be asked. Mm. One one thing that struck me fundamentally because I grew up in the sticks, so animals are everywhere all the time. Yeah. So like I had a pet skunk, and then it had <laughs> worms, and my dad shot it because oh he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna take it to the fucking yeah, because it's a skunk. It's a skunk exactly, and so same thing. With, like that's just how people view animals out there. They're literally everywhere. Yeah, but here it's like people will step over a human being to put a sweater on their dog. Yeah, you know, it's weird. And so it's weird. Like even doing stand up out here, you notice that there's more empathy for hypothetical dogs than like real people mm-hmm. when you're like telling your stories. Whereas out there, it's like so that was like a really interesting difference to me. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's definitely different because people don't re- no one's uh, been on a farm. No one knows how much it sucks to be a farmer. How much <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. pure. You have to do a lot of stuff. It's the reason it's a hard job and you don't make a lot of money is because it's the same as being like an executioner. You don't want to have to do that, but someone has to do it. Someone yeah. has. If you want beef, someone has to kill the kill the cow. Yeah, I like you have to kill it. And these people that it. are awing at the pu- fake puppy story will then go to a restaurant and eat veal cheeks, which is literally oh. like the muscles that a calf uses yeah, to I smile. Yeah, I won't eat that. I won't eat. No, it, no, somehow rich food is crueler than any food. Yeah, like caviar. That's like so many lives per spoonful. Have you seen that show? What's it called? Uh, the one that's picked the rich family in New York. No. Um, you know, it's a super famous one that everyone watches. It's the, the Kendall Roy, the... Uh, oh, Secession. Secession. There was yeah. that one episode of Secession where... Have you seen that? I've not seen this episode, but I'm halfway I've through the newest watching season. It. I, oh, okay. I just, for me, it was like, okay, I saw enough. I saw, think the first two seasons I felt like it's not going to get any better. Yeah. So, for me, it's... Because well, now it's this. Now it's... um. So, do you think that... Is that? Is, is that? Because maybe... Oh, I don't know. Do you? I don't, sure. I can. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's then someone's like, "Actually, snarky comment. Well, you really think <laughs> you should?" So everyone's Ugh. like sarcastic, you know. But there's an episode on there where remember that where they're at the restaurant and they have to cover their heads with the napkin because they're eating like a like a baby quail or something like that. I think oh. it's, it's definitely not real. It's a joke, but I thought it was a funny comment. That was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in terms of. Commenting like it's on that. So cruel. You have to cover your face, your head with a scarf because you can't witness the thing you're doing. It's yeah. like such a. Ah, Dude, funny. it gets that crazy, though. I don't know. This is going to fuck up the vibe temporarily, but okay. I'm confident in you. Yeah, we can. We can, we've like fucking masters. We're situational masters. Right, right. So there's. Uh, um, I think this is in like Tokyo or maybe China, but. Uh, people will, at high, high-end restaurants, there's like a VIP section where the table has a hole in the middle of it and there's screws on either side is of the hole. Is this monkey? Yes. Okay, yeah. You this know about this? Yeah. Is All this, right, we is don't this even real, do. real? I think it's real. I almost wonder if this isn't real. 
well. Because it seems so heinous. It seems so insane. It but, almost seems, yeah. But you have to think, like, if you've spent your whole life getting that amount, that rich, there yeah. needs to be a reason right. for that. And it might as well be evil. Like, why is there a $50,000 a year preschool? Because someone decided to make that much money. So now we need to have that. Otherwise, what's the point? Also, it's a thing where if you have a ton of money and something's cheap, you think something's wrong with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've got that far where stuff is stuff is suspect. I got something in uh, Grand Central the other day. I was going, taking the train north to Peekskill, and I got this little dish of like rice and couscous with some chicken and like it was really good little dish wasn't that much food it was seven dollars i got it and i thought like is this what is this like if i gonna shit am i gonna get sick yeah. from this <laughs> but it was really good and i did not get sick right i even told my friend he's like what seven also in grand central right like what what what's going on there yeah it's funny because in the like middle of nowhere, it's the opposite. Like oh, to yeah. to even buy a screwdriver is on some level a concession to the proverbial man that you can't independently. You know, you should be able to find two things and make a screwdriver yeah. and not spend eight dollars. Something that you can't like. Yeah, that would be funny to just go back to uh, not spending money, like. Yeah, the barter system. I think a lot of people enjoy it. Like, that still happens, I think, in right. some, like, you know, middle of nowhere. Because most of America is the middle of nowhere. I mean, yep. It's large. I feel like it's largely unsettled in a way that we're not really discussing. Mm-hmm. It's only been 240 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the oldest turtle alive is 190. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, the youngest turtle alive, right? Isn't the oldest turtle even older than that? No. Well, the youngest turtle alive, I think, is... Uh, is dead. A, ...a day old. Yeah, a day know? old. Right, okay. <laughs> God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. The youngest turtle alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just broke the record again. <laughs> and again. <laughs> it just won't stop. <laughs> the youngest baby. The oldest, only 190? I thought some of those tortoises live like 500 years or something. I don't know. I think... Oh. The, I don't know. Oh, I think I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh I, oh, I think I know. Is it possible that sea turtles and tortoise maybe in the sea i don't know maybe but 190 sea. i think but is a tortoise one of those big ass tortoises i think they can live like a couple hundred years yeah one night but 190 is 190 is pretty, pretty i think good. it's the oldest one we know about right i did i his name is jonathan it's like a whole thing you know about this guy i i know about yeah i read up about on him? him uh i just was curious, like, what's the oldest? Yeah. You know, I just Googled it. I like animal stuff a lot. I love animals. That's one thing. I don't. I wonder if uh, that is from being from, because you were raised around probably wa- yeah, natural but, wildlife I mean, shit. I wasn't, like, in a small, small town. I definitely would go out in the woods a lot. I, we would see deer. We'd see foxes. We'd see, like, you know, a lot of uh, ma- mammals and stuff hanging out, uh, big big birds. Was deer, like, a safe? It was like, Shh, look, at, look at the deer. I mean, or was it just like, oh, a fucking everywhere. deer? Well, because the deer eat my mom's roses. So oh, people, yeah, they do that. People try like crazy to get rid of the deer. You just can't get rid of them. Yeah. I went deer hunting when I was a kid. Okay. I did that once. Got bagged one deer. Okay. With a bow. Oh, that's yeah. impressive. I know. Pretty cool. And that was, I loved, I actually really did like doing that. That or was Did very you feel thrilling. like God? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not feel like God. I'm kidding. <laughs> it happened so fast. I did not feel like, yeah. 
I've once shot a bird with a BB gun, and I felt really bad. Yeah. And then I couldn't. I don't know. I'm a pussy when it comes to that. And yet fishing, I was like totally fine with, which is probably super traumatic to just go into your cupboard, grab a sandwich, and then there's a hook in your face. There's some a comedian, Ahmed. I think it's Ahmed Baruka. I think he has this great joke just about like, the, you know, the cl- about how fishing is absurd to think it's okay. Yeah. But also, I guess Fisher, you know, Fisher, everything's about intelligence. Isn't that funny how everything is just, the smarter it is, the, m- the more bad we feel about it or the more it looks like a person. Yeah, my, my dad and grandpa were semi-professional catch and release tournament fishermen. What? Yeah. Bass? Yeah, largemouth bass. Oh, my God. And so, so cool. So they, uh, yeah, there's a whole subculture there of oh just my wild God, yeah. sons of bitches. And, uh, yeah, my dad would always, you know, that was the, pr- the the priority of the people is, like, how well you can fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, he's got a, you know, he went to jail for assault and battery, and I think he uh, might have, you know, uh, done something inappropriate with women. But the guy could fish, you know? <laughs> he could really Say what you want about Paul, but the guy can fish. Yeah. And my dad used to tell me, he's like, you know, guys in New England, they say Rhode Island, we're known for our pinpoint accuracy casting. <laughs> <laughs> We can just drop it right on a lily pad and just shake it around. God. Uh, But you guys are ocean fishing, though, right? So why would it be bass turnies? No, I I grew up as far away from the ocean as you can in Rhode Island, but it's still like an hour drive because it's such a small state. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was all like a bunch of ponds and reservoirs and stuff. Spinning those. um, Dude, the best feeling is... uh, like early morning, calm pond, top water lure, just shaking it once and letting the ripples go out, you know, yeah. like a sound wave, and then shake it again, and then a fucking fish jumps out of the water to get the thing. Ooh, I've never done that. Oh, that was uh, that I that was one of my favorite things when I was, you know, nothing else going on, so I would fish a lot. So your dad, you didn't have to ask your dad to take you fishing. He was like, "We're going fishing today." Well, you know what's funny is, no, not at all. Really? Like, you would think, but I don't know. I think it's because my dad was fishing all the time when we were very young, and then my mom and dad divorced, mm-hmm. and so maybe it was something where he felt like the fishing was responsible for that. So he, like, by the time I was getting into it, he was kind of out of it. He didn't really. Oh, right. But now he's got he's got a bass boat, and he goes out oh, and shit. Man. But yeah, bass boat. Nothing my, beats a bass boat, like expensive yeah, bass boat. There's a fish deck. finder on it. Which feels insane. Fish like, finder with a nice quiet, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, trolling motor. Oh. Oh, yeah. Trolling motors are cool. Yeah. Because a lot of places won't let you have a, a real motor in them. Like if it's a right. reservoir or something, but you can you, you can control. troll around. Troll around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't been fishing in forever. Fishing is truly great. Did you see that shit of, um, there was like some, some scandal in professional fishing recently oh i saw that yeah that was wild that's insane he was stuffing the fish he caught was he putting like lead weights in there yeah and i guess he got careless because and everyone was suspecting he was doing something because it'd be four fish and they're like you know 30 pounds and they don't look that big you know and then i think he just put too many weights in one and they like cut a fish open and they were screaming that guy's lucky to be alive i I could see him he might be yes i know how come, so does that mean retroactively a bunch of people who got second place get first now, you think? I don't know how they correct that. It's got to be something equivalent to like that NBA scandal with uh, what was that? The, the when the ref was like fixing games. How does a ref fix a game? See, that's the part that gets a little weird. It's like he can basically call, he, his quote was that he could call a game six points in any direction. And so basically he really? he would basically use inside knowledge to be like, well, I know this coach and this ref don't get along. 
Right. So I know they'll prob he'll probably lean this way, and I know which players might be you know feeling some kind of way and then i can also make calls that will influence really? the game in certain ways i don't know ways. basketball well enough but what is there besides a foul yeah or no that's dribble? pretty much yeah foul like calling fouls calling you know anything that uh i i think it would just be that so it's tough to say that he was definitely fixing games but i yeah. mean apparently a lot of people made money off of uh wow off of him how did he get caught uh, the FBI started looking Ooh. into it. Uh, I don't know if there was like an informant or what, but he got, he went to jail for like 15 months 15 and it was, months. Guys, look at me. he's probably lucky to be alive too. Yeah. That's the kind of guy, that's the kind of shit that's, it's petty, but people take sports gambling so seriously. Yeah. And this was before it was legal. Now I think it's like, you know, yeah. I think they legalize it probably because it makes it safer in some yeah. way. Yeah. Is it legal, legal or is legal in most, some states, right? I think. I don't know the in, but there's like websites that are advertised by like. It's funny. A lot of the people that are in these gambling uh, commercials are like people that sort of pride themselves on. Yeah, that's just the window slamming. Wait, did that fucking best Ziploc bags just fly out the fucking window? Oh, actually, it definitely. Oh, it did not. Uh, oh, nice. Can you imagine that? <laughs> a box of Ziploc. Ziploc bags just flying out the fucking window. I had them wedged in there, Pete. Listeners, I had them wedged to keep the uh, window from closing, but it didn't work. Uh, what you're saying for so this guy, like, yeah, fixing the games? Uh, da, 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 da. I forgot because I was compelled by the thought of this guy eating bananas and throwing the <laughs> peels out the window, <laughs> landing on unsuspecting uh, people. The um, right, because it's the sports betting is everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh, the people that are advertised. A lot of it will be like the people of um, you know. Uh, liberal, like, sort of outward good politics type people, right. but then they're, like, making a bunch of money advertising uh, gambling or so, and it's just like, what's the ethical center on any of that? Like, I just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't get it either, because it's definitely, what I, because I'm a new fan of the NFL, like, last year or two, I got really into this this past year. I started to really understand the game. just really know all the players. I started watching so many games, and I love it. But what I started to realize is that Football is mainly about gambling. It's not about, I mean, sure, it's about fandom, but I bet the gambling aspect of the game, it rules the sport. Everyone talks about all the fucking announcers. They talk about, like, the spread. They talk about the odds. Mm. You guys are t openly talking about betting here, not talking about anything else. You're talking yeah. about numbers that the Vegas odds makers have set up for the game. And that's what you're discussing in terms of the outcome of the game, which is, that's not good. You shouldn't be talking about that because that means that it's something that people have a very extremely vested interest in, in influencing. Well, that's exactly why they would do it, right? Is yeah. to like make the make sure you tune in if you're, you know, your kid's child fund is on the line, on the 50-yard line. That too, and someone was telling me, which just made sense to me for the first time watching some game last week, is how they want the games to be close, so teams don't beat the spread, so they don't have to pay that out because that's the most common bet, and it makes the game it makes the game more exciting when they're closer. That's also true in the NBA. Uh, this is why the fixing of it is kind of weird to say because they always will lean to get to a game seven because it's in everybody's interest to sell yeah. more tickets. And get, everyone makes more money. Yeah, so it is something that it's like it's always kind of fixed in some yeah. direction. I hate that. I wish it was so super pure. I wish there was no gambling on it. Because I know there's stuff, I don't know how, I, I mean, it's beyond my understanding, but there have to be certain teams they favor for some reason. Well, they favor stars. 
So it'll be like, stars. yeah. So they won't call like Allen Iverson used to do this. Car- what you could objectively say is a carry a Which lot. Which is like a traveling. Yeah, okay. like where he'd basically palm right. the ball from underneath and take oh, a step right, and then right. dribble again, like a yeah, double yeah. dribble. And uh, but they never it. called it because that was just his swag. Or like LeBron yeah. will, you know, kind of get away with more than the average player. Because like if Brady. he's not playing, then exactly it is Brady. Like Brady gets gets like taunting calls. Like why did they taunt? Because you got because you got sacked. That's taunting. Right. It's not taunting. He's celebrated, but he you happened to have, he said the f word within ten feet of you. Oh yeah. Apparently he's typically allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants to the officials Brady? in a way that most people are not. Yeah. God, see that shit kills me because because you know as a Vikings fan we have a very uncool team. <laughs> like right Kirk now. Cousins is the dork of the NFL. Kirk Cousins does not do commercials. He's one of the only quarterbacks who's top, he's top ten, top five rated, but he consistently is not top ten rated because he's such a dork. Right. People don't like him <laughs> in that sense. It's like we just don't like you. If you're a great yeah. player, but where's, where's the Wheaties? We where's have the, the best wide receiver in the NFL, arguably, if not the best, this at least the second best. But again, he's not like uh, as cool as someone like. Devonte Adams or I don't know that's that guy who plays for I can't remember the team he plays for but they're, they're just like more swaggery more cool dudes yeah so there's just like that thing where the 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 people who are known are favored when it's uh, it's about the game but I don't know man it's I have just a buddy realization I have a buddy whose theory is the reason we are so drawn to sports is like the same reason that you know it's like almost like a like the war, the warriors in us, you know, mm-hmm. like where it's like we we must take over this space. You know, it's like yeah. our tribalistic tendencies in a space where we live 30 stories above everything. But you still have that in you. So you 100% root though. for the fucking Jets. The Jets. So many Jets fans here. Dude, so many families Jets. must have so much strain on them when someone is like a shitty team's fan at the fa- as a father, you know. Like, he's just bringing that home all the time. Yeah. Like, I've always contested that uh, Tom Brady saved thousands of women from domestic assault. Oh, by winning by by winning, balls? By winning so much in yeah. New England. Like, there's so many guys that were just like, you know what? I am I am content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah. God damn. Beloved. Tom, Tom. Beloved. I mean, to the point where most people in New England, like, are rooting for the Bucks, you know. Because it's like we just love that guy. Yeah, is that true? They love the Bucks. Huh? I think a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. are still with Tom. A lot of people, but then it'll be fifty fifty, right? Because they're like he, he's a traitor and fuck him and he's dead to me. You know? But uh, you know, I went, I went with Tom. Mm. Went with Tom. Mm-hmm. But that's the fucking whatever. I'm, we're talking too much about sports, but yeah. I would say uh, the Patriots have this weird mentality where they think they can make new stars all yeah. the time. Like it's almost yeah, it's very like Brady's a once in a lifetime character. And they just didn't want to give him an extra like five million dollars or something. Is that so, what happened? Yeah, it was basically it came down to money so and his stupid. general probably butting heads with old old, old Billy, Billy Belichick, who's the most New England guy ever. He's never happy. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be on Fallon the day after they win the Super Bowl, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we got a lot of work to do." And uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Just drink it in one time. Yeah, you know? is that is that the New England vibe? I don't really know. I don't get New England. I really don't. It is it. that, yeah, but. Externally, it's very harsh uh, to the point where I think even the accent makes people think that you're angry. 
Yeah. But actually, I think it's a bunch of softies, you know. A bunch of softies. With like super hard exteriors, I would yeah. say. Yeah. That makes sense. It's fishermen. It is. Fisherman culture extrapolated. Did you ever read uh, or watch uh, the de- um, Perfect Storm? Uh, yeah, yeah, years ago. Uh, did you re- read the book too? No, I, I it's watched the movie. It's a pretty fun book. It's, I think the book is, hey, I'm not, not going to say this, but the book is, it's different. It's more interesting because it's not like a narrative. It's a narrative about a real thing as opposed to being a story with actors. Because mm. it's, uh, you know, it's a real event. But Olive Kitteridge is another one that, that? I think encapsulates uh, New England mentality. Olive That's Kitteridge? Kitteridge? Yeah, Kitteridge. Yeah, it's, uh, about a, a bleak Maine family. Okay. Uh, there's Dude, a Maine book. Maine is rough. Yeah, Maine. Yeah, Maine. There are Maine parts is, of Maine that's. There's parts of Maine that are they think they're Confederates. Yeah. Oh, like no, that's in Rhode Island. That's all over New England. Isn't that crazy? I have. No, I think it's like truly you're in fucking just New England. But that's what I'm saying with the unsettledness of it all. It's like yeah. you just want to be John Wayne. Like these guys <laughs> still want to live in cowboy times. You right. know, we're like no one tells me what to do. I fucking burn tires in my yard. Trump. Yes, it's a bona fide no man. He told those guys, fuck you. No one had done that yet. And <laughs> right. That's why I like him. Yeah, is he wrong with everything? Yes, he is. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, there's something. It, it is more for the fuck you than it is right. for him at Which all. Which I'm kind of in on that. Like, I kind of, I sympathize. Yeah, I can get it. If you feel like you have no control over anything in yeah. your life. You, but you don't. <laughs> right, but these guys really like are reminded of it constantly. Right, especially now too, because they've lost control. Because, yeah, if they don't have the same, everything's shittier. Yeah, I would say it's just the you know, it's pretty much. Uh, I don't think you can go back to anyone. Anyone who's like a fan of a politician feels stupid to me at this point. Yeah, in time, it just doesn't. Clearly, the agenda is such that, like, even if you went in with the best of intentions, by the time you became the president, something happens. You would be completely compromised. They tell you something. They show you the drawer that's got like a bunch of like, how is that? How is there water in this drawer that's spinning? It's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a thing that you now know. Yeah. And, uh, so now you can never not know that. So how does it make you feel about everything? Okay, so everything was a lie? Yeah, it's all a lie. It's all just a smokescreen. Uh, yeah, and aliens being real is, like, not even news. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. Because like, I grew up being so... I mean, that's all I cared about as a kid was... Aliens? Aliens, really? UFOs, oh, um, wow. Bigfoot, all that stuff. Anytime there's any kind of paranormal book you could get, I wanted the paranormal book. Ghosts. Are you, like, a big, like, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft guy? I was, yeah. Okay, so funny thing. He lived in my hometown in really? Foster, Rhode Island. And a friend of mine from high school lived in his house that he he, oh, he grew up in that house. Scary. And uh, actually burned that house down with a pop tart. What the fuck? Yeah, he like put a pop tart in. Your friend did. Yeah, put a pop tart in uh, for too long under a cupboard, yeah. and then the whole house went up in flames. Wow. Except for one corner where they kept all their photographs. Uh, and that corner managed to stay, and Holy then they shit. milked the shit out of the insurance, and you know, a plastic snowboard became a burden, and you know, their yeah. quality of life got way better. After All because it burned down H.P. Lovecraft's house mm-hmm. or former. Yeah. Wow. Well, how does why, why does insurance pay for? Isn't isn't it their fault? <laughs> uh, no? Yeah, I don't know how that. Wo- I mean, I think I don't know how that works. Yeah, it could be argued, I guess, but it you no, know, you would need to have intent. Like, a lot okay. of people with failing businesses in my hometown will uh, 
happened to have a fire oh, in the shit, kitchen. Oh, shit, it burned down. Right. Oh, fuck. So if you can prove that this was done on purpose to, because your business was failing, right. then fuck you. You're going either going to jail or getting no money or both. But if it if you can kind of if it seems it was an accident truly mm-hmm. then uh, like uh, people used to pay the mob to do that right yeah, yeah. just burn that burn bitch that place down down get that fucking money give me that fucking money you take ten percent you fucking buy cheese did you ever know any mobsters you think dude my grandfather did yeah weirdly really? there's a podcast called Crime Town uh, which and so <laughs> basically it's it follows the organized crime of different cities season to season and the right. first one is Providence Rhode Island. Because the Rhode Island Mafia was like very... Oh, yeah, big deal. Yeah. I mean, Buddy Cianci went to jail for fraud and, th- and then seven years later was re-elected mayor. Like, that's how... Wow. Yeah. Providence. Yeah. And so I, my grandpa used to tell me about this guy, Willie Mafio, who hangs out at the New Deal Club. Willie Mafio? His name is actually Willie Mafio. And he's oh. in the fucking mob, of course. Yeah. You know? Like, how do you not... They must have found him. Like, uh-huh. holy shit. Hey, Willie, you're in. You're good for optics. Get in there. But anyway, he he gave my grandpa his first car. And then, you know, years after hearing that, I uh, heard the Crime Town podcast, and it was, like, all about the Mafio brothers, and Willie was shot up in a phone booth. And I'm like, whoa, that's... Damn. So it was, like, names that I had heard growing up. But, yeah, they didn't really uh, affiliate, affiliate. But to this day, you can go to Federal Hill, where it's, like, a very Italian neighborhood. There are very... Uh, Italian gentlemen with big bushy eyebrows and right. their wives have painted eyebrows and they just hang out. They're old guys. Old, old, yeah. It's not active anymore. I don't think, I think the mob lost the fight they were fighting they against did, the huh? government ultimately. Yeah, because it's got to be so hard now to, because the things that they lived off, which is being like a, being like a strong arming people, extortion, that mm. kind of thing. Like just robbing can't. a truck of televisions or whatever. Have you seen The Sopranos? Yeah, best show of all time. Yeah, I finished it just recently. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome that you oh, get to. Oh, God. I, I'm like first jealous time. of anyone who gets to watch that for the first I time. I think about that part with the Jamba Juice, how they try to shake him down. The guy's like, guys, um, look, you can do what you want, but they're just going to replace me. And they just, that that's what's ruined the mob is franchise businesses. Yeah. There's nothing to shake down because... The corporation is like, it's like ripping a uh, a tentacle off a fucking a beast that has a thousand arms. It just doesn't doesn't care. Yeah, and it was you truly can't. a thing of like the mafia would find pockets that the government hadn't found loopholes mm. and little spaces where there's extra money to be made. And then when they would catch the mob, like the mobsters doing that, then they just filled those loopholes and made that money themselves. So I think it was truly a race to like fill the gaps and like you know the government just does what the mob was doing yeah the government does it or basically maybe the mob is clowning on us right now and it's, we'd be laughing if they heard this because they said oh we're still around we just have legitimate businesses that we it's like trump is basically a mafia because he's he's exploiting existing or not just not trump because he's a, but people like that people who are successful business people they're successful because they're able to unscrupulously exploit uh, weaknesses in a system. Like by, oh, we set up a second company, and this is a charitable organization. It's like that guy who owns Patagonia. Like I kind of feel like like people hate him because of what he's doing right now. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I mean, wouldn't you, man? What is the thing he's doing right now? He's got a shell company. Like Patagonia is, if you look at it objectively, it's probably the most environmentally... Um, responsible outdoor brand, 
because they do all this. Uh, they just do all con- all kinds of stuff. They do, they donate a lot for every shirt we sell. We stuff plant like that. a tree. Uh, stuff like that. They also do a lot of recycling for plastics. Just all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this the main guy who is supposed to be you know drives the same car. All this stuff like that. He has a company that he set up that's uh, for he's donating tons of money to a, a nonprofit for the environment. But it's owned by his family. It's in the, his kids' names. Essentially, I forget the details of it, but it, it's it's a tax shelter. It's a brilliantly devised charity tax shelter that because it's um, it avoids the estate taxes, all this stuff, so they keep tons of money in there, and they're also able to influence lobbyists or influence um, Congress with it because of the nature the, of the way it's set up. But it's all this stuff where, yeah, I guess he's he's keeping a lot of his money. But yeah. he donated tons of money, but he's able to keep it because the way he did it. Yeah. I mean, charity, and a lot of people give to charity because it is a tax write-off as well. Yeah, or you create a charity that you can give to, and then you can have the charity. Oh, the charity bought a, a $10,000 painting. Uh, oh, we have a guy who actually says it's worth $20,000. You pay him $5,000 to say it's worth twenty. So you spend money, but you make more. Yeah. And all this crap is just Yeah, there's endless. Insulating. There's always going to be a loophole. Mm-hmm. I just don't think fucking Johnny Macaroni has right. any access to it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that was racist. It probably was. I mean, but I truly know Johnny people. Johnny Macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there is some. Dude, Rhode Island Italian names are insane. It'll be like really? Smiglandy or Smig-landy? like. Just Mafio. I mean, that's yeah. insane. That's a mate. That's insane. It's the spaghettios of like uh like Polly uh Parenzatini. Right. Tortitoni. Because my wife's parents' last name they were mob connected back in Catalina back in the day. Mm. Their name is uh Piastantini. See, I would say, I mean, if you look at also even the Sopranos tracks this, mm-hmm. but like the mob that we're talking about, there are mobs that exist, but they're selling cocaine, heroin, whatever. Right. But like this what we're talking about is people that were finding like legitimate quote unquote ways to and then the drugs kind of ruined. Drugs ruined ruined the mafia. Yeah, because once they used to be waste management, they would take a they would take a piece of construction. Yeah, they would take a piece of waste management. They would take a piece of uh, all vending machines. There's some vending machines still. I think that are all run by the mob. I love that. That's the coolest. Thing. I love oh, gumball I, machines, dude. I want to meet the guy who's like, you call this? Who the f- get these kids chewing gum again? <laughs> dude, have you seen one of those old candy machines now with fucking like? Hot tamales in it or uh-huh. whatever, like at a at a job lot or some shit. Once in a while, yeah, it's fucking. I guarantee you, those fucking things have been in there for a decade. I still want them. Anytime I see one, I'm like, ooh, who's got a? Anybody got, anybody got a quarter? <laughs> I just want to get one of these uh these fucking gumballs. Yeah, the gumballs probably the safest thing. Uh, oh God, I love that shit. There's so much stuff like that that I feel like is um, I don't know. Also, COVID couldn't have done that franchise any favors. <sighs> COVID ruined. COVID, I was sitting here today thinking just, COVID, fucking you fucker. I know. You little fuck. You it ruined really, so much cool shit. And we were going in that direction, but I think COVID really exacerbated. It. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Like, so many companies that, you know, it just made, like, the the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses, like, all the things they were doing. All like, those fuckers. They got, like, they got so much more. I'm wedging these Ziploc bags back in the window to keep it open. Yeah. It's important. That the yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just fucked everything up. Now we're in a deep recession. But, you know, comedy doesn't... You, comedy always... You can always do comedy. Yeah. I actually don't think it's that stupid of a thing to have done. Like, people are always like... Or be oh, a comedian? 
uh, yeah. Like, right. I do think there will always be a bit of a need for it, whereas, like, some things that felt like more sure things seem to be uh, very... I don't think a robot can do stand-up. Oh, definitely not. Um, the closest we're going to get is an autistic man, and there are a million of us <laughs> doing this shit. Well, some people say, I think, uh, but Ari Shafir told me, he was like, all comics are autistic. I would agree with that. To some extent, I think that's kind of true. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At least having some, like, OCD or some OCD kind of... OCD for sure. Yeah. Something. OC, it's like OCD, autism. Uh, obviously, childhood, it was a little fucked. Yeah. You have to have a little bit of a fucked up childhood. I think so. I mean, I know a couple comics I know who came from extreme extreme amounts of wealth. That I wonder about that. I wonder something must have happened to you, man, because it can't just be. Or I, don't I have know. such a hard time with that. I think I come. I think in the culture of where I grew up, there's such a disdain for the rich, and I've yeah. had to learn to let that go because yeah. there are truly people who happen to have money. But you still haven't let it go. That are like, no. I definitely. <laughs> I, I struggle with it all the yeah. time. Yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. When someone says something that's like so blatantly out of touch, I just it I get really enraged. But yeah. I kind of just I'm like I have to remind myself that it's fine. Well, you, you know, know you can't you can't choose your birth, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but I I yeah, there's just but so the thing I was initially saying is uh, when people who are rich find stand up and do it, there's a part of me that's like, why would you do right. that? Like truly, why? It's like boxing. It's like you're gonna go become yeah. a boxer when you have a fuckload of money like anyone who became a boxer when boxing was you know it's still big but like i feel like you're coming from fighting people yeah out of necessity head body head body head body head body the fighter you oh, know uh, Mark, i don't Marky know mark oh i don't know what is that a reference that movie, to uh, it's, that's what he says he's like come on get in there head body head, head body, body. Head body, that's his, that's his thing. Head body, head, head body. Yeah, that sounds head like body, the two things body. you're hitting as a boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> head body, arm, arm punch. Arm punch gloves, but yeah. I think those rich guys, though, I think some of the super wealthy ones, I can't tell if it's uh, because something fucked up happened that you just don't know about or if it's that they've been so supported and have parents that are so loving and everything that you come... F- you're coming from a place of such safety. You can do whatever you want. Maybe mm. that's it. I see that more. Um, I don't know if this is. I, a lot of the people that come from very rich people, I would probably imagine are neglected on some level. Like if yeah. your parents are the type to, right. you know, try to become sky people, it's like they probably mm-hmm. don't see you as anything but someone who's making it so they don't get to go out and enjoy their money on some, you know. Yeah, or just sort of like a thing that happened. Yeah. Or you, don't, you love them, but you don't take care of them. You have the person who's hired to do yeah, that. Yeah, or like there's probably some pressure to make something of yourself in this way that like right. we never, I mean, my I have a brother named Jack Daniel. Like the bar is super low for me. You really? Know? Yeah, they're just like, just don't die. And, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I would imagine that. Or I know a lot of people who are, uh, comics who were like who grew up rich from immigrant parents and then sort of uh, therefore have the story of their immigrant parents but grew up with every possible resource under the sun. Oh right. And so it's like this weird. It, yeah, you, know you what get I mean? a little bit of both. Yeah. You feel the uh, you have the immigrant like the the work ethic the uh, the tenacity the sort of like uh, chip on your shoulder, but that's because they had it and you absorbed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, my 
my family was very like uh like the the men in my family are just super like anti going with uh society you know right. like they just de- definitely decided to it's just you know you eventually you're rebelling against your own self-interest like you're right. a, you're a little oh. rebel and then eventually you just rebel your way into a shack in the woods and now you're like spending more money on guns to protect it than the shack is worth like it's just such a backwards uh yeah it's a bad irony yeah yeah of- yeah, my dad was definitely like a high-speed chase guy. Oh. Got multiple high-speed chases. No way! Yeah, like... He's act- been in high-speed chases. Yeah, multiple. That is insane! One of them after he gave his license and registration to a cop. Wow. Was yeah. he in the military? No. Because that's like a thing that a lot of ex-military guys do. Yeah, I would People imagine. Have, with PTSD, they, it's super common. A lot of those guys have so many tickets yeah because they drive like fucking lunatics and naturally they wouldn't respect cops at all yeah because they're like oh i'm sorry you're a hall monitor i was in the field i saw a guy i was being driven (laughs) it was the second time me me (laughs) referencing talking about elitism i'm talking about the last time i was being driven by by max (laughs) i say max and he's way down there by the way good drive i don't know his last name but he was good man yes he was driving me on to uh nantucket and he, we were on the interstate, and he got pulled over, and the guy, he was going too fast, um, but we got pulled over. The guy showed him his military ID. It was over. That was it. The cop's like, thank you. Okay, well, I just uh, ask you, you know, to slow down when you can in these areas. That was, it was the fastest traffic stop I've ever seen, less than two minutes. Wow. I asked him, like, what the fuck happened? He's like, I just um, you know, showed my mil- military ID, and they just, they just yeah, they, they'll let you off That's a lot cool. of times. Yeah, I'm sure there's cops that don't at there's all. There's probably cops that don't. But They're like, oh, okay, pal. Yeah. Okay. So many cops, I think, become cops on some, like, revenge fantasy shit. 100%. I think, I think I don't know. I think the cop thing is, especially nowadays, it's so, uh, it's just so blown out of proportion. People hate cops so much. It's yeah. Like, fucking chill out, bro. Yeah, there like, are, are some that are. Just, yeah. Like, these are guys who are not the smartest people. They're definitely not uh, people who are coming from money ever. I can't think of anyone who's ever been a cop who's like, you know, I could have run my dad's uh, multiple, my dad's petroleum business, but I, I want to be a cop. Yeah. Like, it's probably happened, but it's I don't probably know. not. No, I, I almost think it's less likely. That might be the least likely place anyone would go with money. Yeah. Because uh, you could die. Also, it sucks. It's like the, it's the worst job. It's yeah. one of the worst jobs you can have. You get killed. You get bitter. Everybody hates you. Everyone hates you. Every anytime anyone calls you, it's because something is terrible. Something's terrible. You have to see the same people over and no. over again. The <laughs> no same one ever addicts. calls nine one one. Like I just wanted to say thank you guys. Oh, I really God. appreciate it. A surprise party. <laughs> surprise party. Oh thank God. you, guys. <laughs> no need. Leave your gun at the door. Have a cake. Yeah, shit sucks. But you're saying your dad's got multiple high speed chase. Yeah. Things. Yeah, one. Yeah, one of he's them. Got, he's a. He's that's a felony, right? Yeah, no, he definitely. Uh, if he was not white, he would be in jail for sure, or like would have done time. Yeah. But like the second one that he did, he says. Well, how old was he when this happened? Uh, one of them he was probably like twenty, and then the second one was closer to like twenty-five. So you weren't 24. around. Then. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, one of them was on a motorcycle. One of them was in a car. Uh, and the well, mo- motorcycle you gotta. Yeah, 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 dude. The motorcycle one was because he wasn't given the correct change on a Bud Light that he was having during the day, 
So he gave the guy five bucks, and then the guy gave him like two bucks back instead of three or something. Right. And then he's like, this isn't the change. And he goes, that's the change you get. And my dad jumped over the bar and started beating the shit out oh of this guy. God. And then got jumped by four other guys. And then, like, wrestled his way to the door, got on his bike, and, like, left. And he, as he's speeding, a cop t- follows him. And then he, like, rides roads around and then ends up going back to the bar to, like, fight the guy again. Like, he still wasn't done fighting the guy. Jesus Just Christ. Just complete not giving a fuck about yourself or other people. Absolutely. That's funny. I guess that, is that an Irish thing, you think? In it, Some of it is. Because I know a person who has an Irish last name that may be almost identical to yours. Oh, okay. Let's just say maybe he's uh, maybe almost identical. And he, this is a guy I knew, an older person who was my dad's age growing up, and he had a fucking crazy temper like that. Yeah. Like breaking golf clubs kind of shit. Like um, just like, whoa. But he did something right to have golf clubs. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. But yeah, no, there's still people that, to your point, yeah, you, it doesn't matter how much you get out of whatever, yeah. you can still have that in you, yeah. Maybe even, it makes it even worse because you think that you're, you know. You should be past the thing, but it, yeah. you never figured but it out. F- so fucking pissed. Yeah, so many people, that's, that's the thing that motivates them to not sit down. That's why I think retired people get so depressed because they're like, Truly, you're working, you're working, you're working to avoid whatever that thing is that makes yeah. you break golf clubs. And then, like, all of a sudden, all you have is golf clubs. And you're like, I'm going to fucking break these, you mm-hmm. know? You just die in, like, a few months. Yeah. You get cancer because your body is just... Because you're so stressed. Yeah, I do right. think there... Do, what do you think about that? The mental... 100%. Yes. I mean, you can't say it, but I think that's real. Yeah. I have a friend. I, there's one person I know who died of cancer... And I almost wonder, It's I hate to say it, but I kind of think he may have been too nice. He was like one of the nicest people you've ever met. Like and so you're just stuffing down yeah, every like, human and thing. That, and that's, it's not good for you. It's like truly, it's poisonous to your body to, to absorb yeah, to and be, never release. To be so deferential to others. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, I always see that and I'm concerned that they're a murderer or something. Or they're gonna murder. Yes. Like, right, just one day a Michael Douglas falling down moment occurs. And oh, it's gosh. just, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of scary to me when someone doesn't have a, a human reaction. My friend Mike Rowland has a joke about people who don't sneeze. When they sneeze, they just go... Oh. I hate that. And it's like, oh, dude, you're gonna you're gonna kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let that out. You gotta. I love sneezing for that reason. Yeah, it's the best. It's oh, like it's just the greatest. Permission. It's used to just go. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I love those guys that go. Ugh! <laughs> I had my friend's dad growing up. He sneezed. He used to jump up and land on the fucking ground like a goddamn monster. Yeah. It sounded like a shotgun going off in the other room. Yeah, and the same joke, he, he goes on to say, like, sneezing, people love it. They'll call from the other side of the restaurant, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Whoa, you're a wild man. That's a lot of sneezing. <laughs> but as soon as you cough, it's like, hey, man, can you go die somewhere else, Ooh, Especially bro? coughing now. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And it's happening all the time now, like on a plane or uh, even the play I was at. It's just people coughing, and I'm I'm super suspicious of a coffer. Yeah. If I'm sitting next to a coffer, I'm 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 not thrilled. Or if I, if I have to cough, I'm like it's just a, a tickle tickle my throat. I was in an Uber the other day going to a comedy show, and um, I had like a tickle, like a legit tickle in my throat, and I'm I'm trying to. Just con- box it up. My my eyes start to water. I feel like I'm gonna fucking die because I'm just. 
got nothing to drink. Oh, God. I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> then you start doing that, but you have to do 10 of those to mm-hmm. get one cough out. Oof. So that's when it, that, it's like yeah. almost better to just go like, <laughs> times, times. Just one time. These times, these times, really. These times. Oh, these times, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, these times, man. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting moment. I yeah. also wonder what the winter will bring regarding COVID because the past two winters, it's just been a huge spike yeah. at like around the holiday. God But damn. I hope we're like sort of past that I hope part so. where this is now just another flu that you can get and, you know. Right. Yeah. I hope to fucking God. I'm sick of the timeline. Of, yeah, I'm just sick of like having to go inside during the winter. I just find that to be. Or, like, you know, be paranoid while you're out. So you've never lived someplace warm, have you? No. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even coming from Rhode Island, Boston is an hour away. I swear to you, it feels from my hometown like years away. Yeah. Like. Everything around here does. It's that thing where everything's closer together, but it's, it's squished. I think especially coming from a small town. And, I mean, people in Rhode Island, it's such a small state that, like, to drive 20 minutes is like, wait, you want me to drive halfway across the fucking state? Yeah. You know? Um, so going to Boston, I was scared to like live. And now I go back there. I'm like, this is a town. Is that where you started comedy? Yeah. In Boston? Yes. That's a great place to start comedy, isn't it? I think so. I think it's... Who else started comedy there? Like tons of people have, right? A lot of, a lot of uh, greats have. I mean, I feel like so many people have started there. Yeah, there's a lot. Patrice and uh, Conan and uh, Gary Goldman and Louie and Burr and, you know, yeah, there's like a million. It's a really long list. There's people I know who aren't even really that big. They're just funny. Yeah. They're just fucking funny as hell. Yeah, the one thing I don't really love about starting there is there wasn't as much of a hang element as really? I see out of... I think it's just a bunch of lone wolves, you know? Like, okay. I have a theory that Boston is just a bunch of people who grew up near swamps, and they move to Boston to see if they like people. And if they do, they move to New York, and if they don't, they move to New Hampshire. And that's okay. just how it works. But, so, it just isn't... There's no real camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Even, like, going back there, it's not like, hey, welcome back. It's like, well, there's a few friends of mine, yeah. but overall, it's like, oh, you th- oh, here's the guy who thinks he's better than, you know... That's so New England, isn't it? It yeah. is. That that is very New England. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like about right. Minnesota, you would no one to say that unless they were drunk. They would say it. I Maybe. think to prove this point, you can look at um, Goodwill Hunting. Right. About a literal genius mm-hmm. whose crowned achievement is leaving Boston. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's like the thing that was like he did it. He got out of fucking Boston. Meanwhile, he's a fucking brilliant. You know. Yeah. Like probably could solve a lot of the world's problems. But, yeah, I don't know what it is about that. It almost has a gravity, t- like a, a a pull to it. But I meet comics from Chicago, and there, it's a, there's a camaraderie. It's like Chicago a Chicago is fun as hell. I love Chicago comics. Chicago is the best place. It's the fun, most, at least in my experience, it's where I wanted to move after college to go to go uh, do comedy. I almost moved there from Boston. Yeah, I was like two and yeah. a half years in, and... Uh, I remember Eugene Merman was because those guys would come back for uh, the holidays or whatever, right. so they would be doing the comedy studio, and he was just like, "Just go to New York." He's like, "It's a lateral move. You'd have to start again. You might as well just go straight to New York." He's right. He's yeah. right. You can only you can only move once, and you have to do it early. Yes, I would agree. And um, I moved two and a half years in to here. That's perfect. Yeah, I, perfect. I would say you get enough yeah. reps under you. You know, you've done some longer right. sets, even though you shouldn't have had the opportunity to probably. Right. But you, you know. It's a nut. A lot of comics who start in New York or L.A., it's like they've never even done 
30 minutes. Well, that's me. I started in L.A. Right. So I, it's also, I'm not like a real comic. I'm like a sort of a in-between. I'm like a weird like hybrid. Hybrid, yeah. I Yeah, yeah like comedic acting. Uh, yeah, but also like, like comics will disown me, but also actors are, I disown them. <laughs> so oh, sort okay. Of like, you know what I mean? They don't yeah. disown me, but they're just sort of, it's, I know it. I don't, no one says anything. Yeah. But I know, I know enough to know that I just haven't, I just don't do enough uh, shitty sets to have the same, um, uh, what do you call Callous it? Callous like, or whatever. Yeah, as them. It's funny, and it sounds like, like the, the work version of being biracial or something, where it's like you're not blank enough for blank, and it you're not blank enough for blank. Yeah. And it's it's just the thing. I mean, I used to be pissed about it and feel like, what do you mean? Like I started doing started in stand-up, so I'm a stand-up, but... Now I'm like, well, who gives a fuck? Everything's different. Doesn't matter. I do think it's the idea that you do the same thing as anyone else is a complete illusion, anyway. Absolutely. So it's kind of a gift to be able to be like, I have a thing that I'm doing that I understand. Because yeah. like, if even stand up to me, it's like if if it sounds like stand up, it's bad. Yes. I tend to not like it when it's yep. like someone sounds like they're doing stand up comedy right now. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Also, it's got that thing. Or thing I hate about stand up the most is the trade aspect of it. When people start saying like things that make me think like, um, are we in a union? Am I? I'm not a plumber. I'm not a pipe fitter. <laughs> okay, so I got I got a bit and it's uh, kind of a chunks. So I'm I'm opening. Oh, you're featuring? Okay, uh, he's actually a headliner. Um, but we're gonna he, we're gonna bump you to feature for this. So if you want to do like uh, a chunk there, just a, a a piece, it's like what did you, you mean? Just be funny. How about just be funny? Yeah. And don't talk about it like it's a fucking like a like a like a kit. Like you're a building. blue collar yeah. job. The the fact that because comedy kind of is blue collar. It is. And I because like, nothing's different. Uh, yeah. Day to day, it's like oh, what's new with you? Uh, nothing. It's blue collar. Yeah. I'm I'm you know I threw away bad stuff, got new stuff. But that's the thing because my family, my dad, you know, it's like not we were. He was always so you cannot be a blue collar person. You cannot. Wow. You not be. That's the goal. The goal. He was like, my dad always would say, all you have to do in life is make sure you do not work outside. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was so like funny. this thing. Yeah, my like, uncle would say that to me. Do not work outside. He's like, use your head so you don't have to break your back. There you go. It's yeah. the same thing. But yeah. sometimes stand up feels a bit like you are uh, a blue collar worker, and that to me is so antithetical to quote unquote art. Yeah, I would say that's true. I it's also just given my background, I, it's probably the one thing I would have allowed myself to do. Remember we talked about right. like the idea of like selling yourself or whatever, having the audacity to do anything. Yeah. This was the one thing where it's like at least I'm humiliating myself on a nightly basis, which gives me the onus and and permission to myself to. And now, granted, through doing it, I don't feel as much. Of, of yeah. those things but yeah that, that was definitely to be like an actor i remember being so startled by the audacity of theater kids to just yeah. be so free i was like who i was offended i was too i was offended by their freedom i really was and i still to this day i will talk about actors with my old like really old comic friends i'll talk about like god this is not the same it's yeah it's, it's different it's a different mode a different uh energy completely yeah it's just like a different me- way of uh processing 
pain or something like that. Right. Like comics will like laugh at terrible things and actors will like really absorb them and feel yeah, them. Be and, honest, be kind. Yeah, but there's something about that that uh, can, it doesn't always feel this way, mm-hmm. uh, but I have met actors or students who are learning to act where it's like they're, it's almost like they're more human than you. Oh, yeah. And so that bothers, like, obviously, I'm not a huge fan yeah, of Yeah, because it feels like, um, why are you stretching here? This is an escalator. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. Right. Anything is what I've decided it is because I'm so free mm-hmm. that I, you know, I do calisthenics. And looking at something me. ugly for a long time, waiting to someone to ask you, what are you looking at? Oh, I just saw this color here. That <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should be there. I was so moved. Yeah. I was so... It, it reminds... What do you think about this? How does that make you feel? Uh, what? That's... I think that's a dead bug. I know. I know. And just a speck on a on a sidewalk that's yeah. just a speck on a... Just a speck on a city on a that's just a speck on a... On a state that's just a speck on a country, a speck on the... Glo- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, it's just such a... You're, and I mean, you know, it's... We- weirdly, many of the people that I know that are have go into acting, that's a thing rich kids will do. Yeah. Uh, more so than comedy, I would find. Right. Like, but I mean, maybe that's changing now. But at least when I started comedy, it's always both. There's always a ton of super blue collar, not even blue collar, like people who have grew up in poverty. Yeah, like which sucks Joaquin because Phoenix is like a great example. It's almost like, uh, at least where I grew up, and maybe it's New England, maybe it's poverty, maybe it's both. It's probably both, but like uh, to be feeling your feelings is uh, where's the time to do that? Like no time, you gotta go to work. Yeah, it's that kind yeah. of thing. I think a lot of the people who are uh, came from poverty who went into acting are also people who came from like severe abuse, uh, weird cult uh, religions. Oh uh, yeah, there are quite a few people yeah, that grew up. There's a in lot of people who came from. Abuse slash and or cult, cultish, weird like oh that that's a cult like yeah it's the the church of the uh, the new rising uh, Christ. I do have this thing where and I think a lot of the reason why I haven't uh, put a lot of work into like the garnering of a fan base through clips or whatever has been because I've ha- had a hard time drawing that ethical line between cult leader and comedian. Like I feel like a lot of people drawn to this don't really care about. No, they don't care. Comedy, they just want fans. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe now I think now because it's so easy to do that if you're just consistent and you put stuff out. Yeah, you can build But numbers. you do have to do that. But I don't think You got to do that. I know I do have to. It's just so good. I have to do that. You do cuz it's too, it's you're just too funny. Yeah. You're like actually funny, you know. <sighs> when you're actually funny, that's the problem. It's cuz I mean, that's the Cause thing. Cuz you don't want to do the like do the thing that's not funny. It's, it's super not funny, not funny to yeah. do that. But that's, uh, yeah, you just have to do it. I know. Yeah, that's the part. I'm co- finally coming into that. But I also wanted to make sure I built the factory before I started, you know, right. telling everyone the... I'm a product or something. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but it, I feel like a lot of people are just like, hey, I'll, I'll sell pants. I'll do anything, you know. And you. Yeah, I guess everything kind of, um, I don't know. I always think that even if you feel like, oh, I should have done this, should have done that. It ends up, whatever you, ends up happening, whatever you were doing is prepares you for a different aspect of the future than the person who does something else. Because a lot of times people who do that kind of thing, when the future comes to them, they're not prepared in a way that you, the person who didn't do that, 
would be. Yeah, and I do think longevity is everything, especially in some. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I always think about. I used to be like so pissed. That I went to college, which is the dumbest thing to be. Like God, I shouldn't. Have, I've wasted four years, but now I'm like, no, I didn't. I experienced tons of stuff that I can draw on. That is not. It's completely antithetical to the entertainment industry. It's like meeting guys who hunt alligators and like you no know, I had friends who went to jail for selling drugs like kind of stuff and that's real yeah and also like probably reading yeah that reading. was probably good uh yeah because I, I know i would not have read if i wasn't made to read right you know in some kind of way like i definitely and i remember thinking that i'm like i know when i'm out of here i'm never gonna read so i just need to do a lot of reading right now yeah you know i have a friend who a comedian who didn't go to college and he reads so much because he feels like he's stupid He's read so much more than me. Yeah. I think I got, yeah, that's another thing that I'd like to start doing again. But it's almost like that's the trick of, uh, I don't know if it's New York or whatever, but it's like it, it almost doesn't feel productive to be reading. Like it feels like leisurely yeah. in a way where it's like I, I feel like I should be exhaling. Hitting not the inhaling. streets, going to the mics. Oh, fucking God. I'm so glad that's over. When people talk about starting comedy to me, I'm like, please don't if you don't have to do it. Yeah. Like, I think it should be a thing that, like, all right, if this is your one viable option at, like, feeling like you could believe in yourself in any way, fine. But, like, if I had to start doing mics now as the person I am, I would, I would, not, I would just not do comedy. Yeah, but that's only because you... Did it. Yeah. Of course. But, like, you know, some people, I think, probably start from a place of, like, they're already in society, they're doing well at their job, it's working out, and they're like, I think I'm going to do comedy. Because I, I like people, it. I think those people, all it takes is one bomb. And then if you're still in, you're in. If you're out, it's like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. I talked to a guy the other day outside of a show. It was the most classic story I've ever heard. He basically said that story, how he used to hang on open mics. He finally did it. He had a good, a really good set he killed. And then he did it a second time, and he bombed. And he thought, no, this is not for me. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people, it's like anytime someone says they want to do stand-up, I say, just, yeah, definitely do it. Definitely do it. And if you still want to do it after you bomb, which is guaranteed, then that means you should do it. Because you have to be fucking psychotic to want to do that again. Yeah. After such a bad experience. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's truly to be able to see through that a uniquely humiliating thing to yeah. just get up. It's it'd be like if you were a stripper and then like took Someone off shot you. <laughs> yeah, You're like I guess I th- I like this so much I'm willing to get shot again. Like the whole club decided at once to watch television yeah. instead of look at you. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god. I I think almost people like it's got to be like a Schadenfreude thing. For sure. What do you mean? Like the idea, just stand up. It's so it's so at its core miserable that it has to be some sort of thing where we all kind of relish the the hell of it. Yeah, and like I the, think the when hell you, feels good, right? But it's so important to not marry the hell. I think some yes, people totally. like, like they think that's authentic or yeah. something. And it's like, no, dude, you're sick. That's and a real trap for tons of people. Yes. There's people who I know who are extremely funny, but they're not super successful. And I think that's what's happened is they have like, I don't know what it is. Identified like a, as that. Like, it's almost like if I'm not bleeding for it, then I don't deserve yeah, it. Yeah, that's so stupid. It's yeah. the dumbest thing. But it's, so many people have that. No, and weird... I definitely, I think I am I'm someone who came from that. Like, it was very much like. Transcended I, it. 
Yes, and it was through therapy, not through doing comedy. Right. You know. Yeah. But it was. I remember like the first time I was ever abroad. I was on like a Greek island with my then girlfriend, who was Greek, mm-hmm. and I was so I was having literal panic attacks because I was not doing stand up. Oh shit! And I was like two years into stand up. It yeah. was like I needed it to feel like myself because I had finally found something that made me feel like oh I get to say the most embarrassing things about myself and people right. will laugh that's the best thing i don't have to act yeah like it's I'm, great yeah it's truly that's the whole point but without it you know it's like that's why i was so glad the pandemic didn't hit like i feel bad for people who were like two years in and then the pandemic hit and then you know it's like that would be uh, that would have been a nightmare for me yeah yeah but uh, i don't know it's good to not need What's the famous quote? Uh, don't sell yourself to fall in love with the things you do. I've never heard that. Don't sell yourself. I don't wait. I don't get that. Don't sell yourself to fall in love with the thing. It's almost like prioritize you over what you do in terms of like who oh. you are, like to yourself. You know what I mean? Who said that? Uh, it's like a Dilla quote. Dilla? Yeah. J. Jay Dilla? Yeah. Okay, so it's not a philosopher; it's a DJ. Yeah, but I would a call great, an outstanding DJ, uh, but yeah. maybe the best. Which I mean, come on. Yeah, he's probably. I'm is the more best. impressed with that than the average yeah, true. philosopher. Yeah, you're right. I mean, who isn't a fucking philosopher? I mean, don't sell yourself to fall in love with the thing you do. It's so you don't. Don't don't sell yourself. Just to fall in love, so it's basically like don't become the thing you you not you are not what you do. All right, you are you. You are you. Yeah. yeah, and so many people. I think that's why. I mean, America loves uh, to identify. What do you do? Yeah, it's the oh, first 100%, 100%. thing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And if it's not a cool thing, then you feel like a fucking idiot. That's why I always say engineer. <laughs> yeah. Oh me, I. Uh, or nonprofit. That's a good one. Yeah, a consultant. Hmm. That's Sometimes I try to make it so boring where, like, how do I make this to where the person with enough questions will... Shut the fuck up. Will have not, that's not just that, but also try to be like, is that a job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob Hayes uh, used to have a joke where, because he didn't want to tell anyone he's a comedian, because mm-hmm. that always was, oh, everyone yeah, tells me I'm so funny, not. look at my balls, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're weird. Um, but Rob has a joke where he uh, used to say, uh, I tell people that I'm a... Uh, I'm the guy who checks the signatures on receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're oh, real. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like such a stupid invented job. Work from home. Yeah. I just have all the receipts, all the merchant copies, mm-hmm. and I make sure that they're not fraudulent. I think I, I got to come up with a new one. I think I want to be a, um, I, um, a game. Uh, I do game preserve management. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, and that's pretty like, good. Oh, really? So how's it work? Well, actually, I don't, I'm not in the field. It's, uh, it's all clerical stuff, but we're... It's a math, math job. Mm-hmm. That's Word the, math. Yeah, we're, it's math. You know, we're basically just literally counting chickens. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if also, we're in a place where you can play video games for a living. I mean, that's fucking yeah. wild. If I you, mean, you can. A lot of people do. Yeah. You and I probably could if we were better at video games. Yes. I think that would be part of that. Yeah. At least the longevity of it. Yeah. Or just being really... I mean, people even have... They'll play... Grand Theft Auto, but they'll do it regular. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. oh yeah. That I mean, that's very funny to me that that it's would ever cool happen. As hell. Um, I can I can hear your spirit on the microphone becoming aware that the 
end of the thing is near. That's happening. This guy. Yeah. I'm, Donahue is good. <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah. Well, we have to close it up. We I can, know. Yeah. We, could, we probably dude. went over if I had well, to guess. There is no over. Oh, okay. You got any shows coming up? Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm going to be on the road uh, with my friend Sam J quite a bit uh, this upcoming year. I'll be in Seattle and Tacoma, Washington on the 10th to the 13th of December, and then the Philly Punchline on the 15th to the 17th, and then I will be in Lexington, Kentucky with Rosebud Baker uh, the first weekend of January. Those would be the first three of the run. Fuck but yeah. Yeah, I'll be with uh, those two for a lot of the f- first half of next year. Website? <laughs> yeah, on my website, uh, Ryan dash donahue actually i think it's ryan donahuman dot com or find me on instagram ryan donahuman oh okay at ryan donahuman r y a n d o n a h u m a n dot com com or at that on yeah. instagram i don't know love you man thank we'll you for again. having me yeah hell yeah we should we can play music but we'll do it Oh, there's music? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? You play? We'll just play it on, not play instruments, but play some songs. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. that would be a good uh, bonus or something. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for hanging. Thank you for having me. <laughs>